Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers. Big news, actually. The Saints podcast is now available on Spotify as well as iTunes and on our website, NewOrleansSaints.com. So make sure you are subscribing across the board so you never miss an episode here. We are in week three of Saints training camp presented by Rouse's Markets. It's been a lot of fun the past two weeks, so I decided to get together with some of our local TV reporters, anchors, and get their perspective on how things have been going over Saints training camp. Sat down with WWL's Brooke Kirchhofer, WDSU's Sharif Ishak, and WVUE, Sean Fazant. Jumping into today's episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast, we have a TV roundtable. Everyone that covers the Saints, we just kind of want to get an idea of how things have been going over camp. So we're going to have everybody introduce themselves so our listeners can match a voice with the name. Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Sharif Ishak from WDSU-TV. And I'm Brooke Kirchhofer from WWL-TV. Sean Fazan, WVUE, Fox 8 TV. Each of you has been out here for the majority of Saints training camp. Just we're a week and a half, almost two weeks in now. What are some of the things that have stood out to you over the, the course of training camp? You know, I, I like where this team's at. I really do. I, you know, Dennis Allen said something interesting maybe about four or five days ago. He said this is one of those years where one through 90, the depth's pretty pretty good. And I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, there's been a good competitiveness back and forth, offense and defense, both sides, you know, winning periods, winning plays, winning practices, if you will. Uh, I think big picture standpoint, I think um, I, I like the way this camp's gone. I think it's at a pretty good pace. I really do. I, I would agree with you. When you look around at the twos and threes, especially mm -hmm. in the secondary, I mean, these are guys that can start for other NFL teams. We've seen Paulson Adibo, Adibo and Alante Taylor really step so, up so far in camp. But for me today, it was Michael Thomas, finally, to kind of see the offense win the day, I feel like, in practice, especially in those red zone drills. It's been good so far. I've enjoyed watching the secondary a ton. Yeah, they're, I would think the deepest position. Uh, like they said, Paulson, Adebo, Alante Taylor, you know, getting a chance to finally watch Tyron Matthew. Alante Taylor. Alante no. Taylor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a T. pronunciation T guy. T or Alante <laughs> Taylor. But then he also just tweeted that he wants to just be called Tay. So Alante, Tay or T? He said Tay, I think, right? But then he said Alante, and he said, call me Tay. Tay. Anyways, continue. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it was just fun getting a chance to see the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, mm -hmm. take part in those, you know, goal line mm -hmm. team drills, seven on seven drills. That was fun. Uh, Adam Troutman, another good camp. He's had a really good camp up to this point. Uh, me and Sean were talking about, I think, Thursday, watching him block in, in some of the run drills. I was sealing off some of the blocks for the running backs. But all in all, like Sean said, it's a good pace to the camp. Good plays from each side of the ball. Chris Olave has made some nice splash plays, but seeing Michael Thomas getting in on seven-on-sevens and doing what he does best, catching the ball when it hits his hands. Guy doesn't drop any balls. It's like the first time – Friday's practice was the first time I think I saw Paul Sundadebo not win right. many battles. Yeah. It's because you're going against Michael Thomas yeah. now. Right, Michael Thomas got him twice mm -hmm. out there, and Thomas scored a couple touchdowns. So, I mean, he looks great. And I know, Brooke, you're kind of new to covering the Saints, but Rashawn – You've seen Michael Thomas when he was healthy and he was playing. How does he look in comparison? Fantastic. Um, I, I, I don't. If you didn't know he was injured, I'm not sure you would. You would know yeah. that he was dealing with an injury right now. Um, Dennis Allen said it, it, it's coming pretty soon. The day where he can do everything. Um, it looks to me like he probably could do that now. But I understand the kind of cumulative approach 
uh, the team seems to be taking, not just Michael Thomas, but a lot of mm-hmm. guys that aren't even banged up. Uh, it's a long season up ahead, so I understand it. Um, but to me, you watch the stride, you watch the breaks, you watch the physicality, you watch uh, catching the ball with his hands, the route running, kind of the sharpness on what he wants to do, uh, that first and second level where he really attacks the 0 to 10 and then 10 to 20 yards downfield. I think it's there. Um, now it's just a matter of time of just getting on the page, same page with Jameis Winston. feels like they're doing that. Um, but from Michael Thomas's standpoint, I think he's in a really good place. You look at Thomas on the field and then the addition of Jarvis Landry. He's also had really good moments in camp. What do you think that he's going to add to this team, Brooke? Yeah, I was actually going to mention him next. He seems to have really found a rhythm with Jameis Winston. Today we saw a little bit of that uh, more. But when you look at that room, we're not really seeing, if you look at a roster, if Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry or even Chris Olave were on another roster, they'd be touching the ball every other play. But because there is so much depth in that wide receiver room, we're only kind of getting a sample Mm -hmm. bit of each of these guys. But when they do get the ball and when they are in on plays, they're making the plays and they're making these defensive backs work. And I think Jarvis Landry is just going to provide – you know, just a unique role in that wide receiver room. They're all a little bit different, Chris Olave, Landry, and Michael Thomas. And we've seen them work off to the side with Jameis Winston almost every day in practice whenever they have bring special teams out. And those guys go out and work on their chemistry and their throws. And if something didn't look right, Jameis Winston is out there pulling those guys aside. So I think it's only going to continue to get better in that room. And I'm really excited just for the first preseason game to see what it all looks like. I do like that. We saw it a few times during this training camp that Jameis has taken some of the receivers in the indoor facility. I saw it a few days ago that they're just working just by themselves, mm-hmm. working on routes, different types of routes, the route tree, and they, you know, during the outside portions of practice, they're on the other field, whenever other things are going on. I, I like that. You have to build that chemistry. And I can't wait to see what it's going to look like when defenses have to defend the deep routes of both Alante. I'm stuck on Alante, Alante. <laughs> of Deontay Hardy and Chris Olave. When those two guys are deep, running deep passes, what it's going to look like underneath for defenses trying to stop Jarvis, mm-hmm. trying to stop Michael Thomas, you know, and maybe Adam Troutman. That just makes things even more difficult for other defenses and great for Mike and, and Jarvis. Just how do you stop that? How does a defense mm-hmm. stop two burners down the field? plus those two guys underneath. So that should be exciting for a lot of people to watch. We've been seeing a lot of the running backs getting into the passing game as well, especially on the slant passes. I know AK is somebody that does that very well and then breaks away for you know, 50 yards and he's in the end zone. How do you think that it's going to continue to expand what this offense is able to do? I think it's always going to be a pivotal part of what this offense does. I mean, the ability to, to, to play quote-unquote small ball and still get big plays out mm-hmm. of – the option route from Alvin Kamara is a huge, excuse me, huge part uh, of this offense. And you heard Jameis really fo- say he focused in on the short ter- short area accuracy. If you go back and watch this tape, which me being the film geek that I am, went back and watched every throw last year, that was probably the biggest area where he needed to improve from a tangible football standpoint. It feels like uh, that's where he spent a lot of his time. And you can see certainly uh, uh, the fruits of that labor because you get – Alvin Kamara matched up one-on-one with that linebacker. Basically, every linebacker in the NFL, you're going to win that matchup. But you got to be able to hit that throw in stride, and you can break it for you know 40-plus yards. You saw today was interesting. Uh, Tony Jones Jr., mm-hmm. who last week really struggled catching the ball. This week has had an incredible week catching the ball. Today he had two touchdowns, one from a screen, one on a wheel route, two completely different types of A routes and B, the way you got to approach the play. 
uh, and he was able to, to knock down both of those in terms of catching the wheel off from Andy Dalton and catching the screen and scoring. So if he can grow that aspect of his game, that helps him in what's going to be a very uh, competitive running back room once you get behind Alvin Kamara. There's a lot of young guys, mm-hmm. obviously Mark Ingram as well, a lot of young guys battling for I'm not sure how many spots they have available. So the more they can do, the better. Well, you talk about the offense, too, the way they check it down. And Mark Ingram even said last week, he said, low risk, high reward, give it to us. Mm-hmm. And if it looks like at 32 years old, he might be in the best shape of his career. I know we continue to bring up his age, but if Alvin Kamara, depending on what happens with a potential suspension this season, it looks like Mark Ingram can tote the rock. But also, too, they've got so much depth in that room as well. as You know, it's not just the defensive side of the ball, offense as well. This running back room, Tony Jones Jr. looks like he's getting more comfortable. He's been working off to the side with Mark Ingram on some protections and things like that. This is Room is only going to improve their offense. I just, you know, it's one thing that Tony Jones Jr. said during his interview. He was like, hey, I'm going to pick both Alvin and, and Mark's brains. One's mm-hmm. the vocal guy, Mark, as we know, and Alvin, just, just being the skills player he is, learning from him. It's always good to have two good players like that to learn from. And Sean said it, man, that, that running back room, man, what's going to happen there? You know, that's one of those positions. What's going to happen there after that one-two punch? What do they do with that? At that position. Right, because third back, it's going to be either Malcolm Brown, Mm -hmm. Tony Jones Jr., Abram Smith has, you know, done well as well. So it's going to be interesting to see as how the depth shakes out for a lot of positions. Uh, Tight ends. We have not seen a lot of Taysom Hill, but that is allegedly the position that he's going to play the most this season. How do you think the tight end room is going to be? Adam Troutman. Look good so far in this camp, Sean. I think, you know, we, we sit there and we talk every once in a while, like the sleeper of the camp. Hey, Adam Troutman, because we, we mm-hmm. sit around here talking about maybe Chris Olave and some of the other guys, uh, Peyton Turner, and then Aldebo. And you're like, man, what about Adam Troutman? He's doing some good things. Taysom Hill, saw him working off by himself mm-hmm. to the side on, uh, during Friday's practice. Uh, don't know how long it'll take, but he's going to be good. I think he'll be fine to get in with the tight ends or whatever position they decide to use him along that you know, that offense, but Adam Troutman, and then where do you go from there? That, that, that becomes yeah. the great question. After Nick Vanette, Vanette Lucas I mean, Troll. I mean, you know, do you go Lucas, Kroll, after that? How many guys make it in that position? Who can elevate the game the most to, you know, be that next tight end? Jawan Johnson, is he coming back? He's going to be healthy. This is a big training camp, big season. Big tra- He has to make the roster. This is a mm-hmm. big training camp for him. Yeah, um, you know, Taysom Hill has always been – position versatile guy he's going to be labeled a tight end but I got a feeling once the regular season starts he's going to be used in a lot of different areas why wouldn't they use him in a lot of different areas and I don't think people realize just how much his presence impacts a defense in terms of how they declare him and who they use to guard him and what that information then does for the Saints offense what they're able to do so Taysom Hill is obviously going to be on the team football player tight end Whatever you want to call it, he's going to be there. Hopefully he's healthy enough to go pretty soon. Give him doing work off to the side is a good thing. Adam Troutman, to me, has quietly had one of the best camps uh, of training camp, best, you know, uh, best efforts of training camp, if you will. Looks like a guy that knows he did not have a good 2021 mm-hmm. season. Focus on those mistakes. Got healthier, got better. Uh, probably took a lot of, you know, criticism, constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Looks like he applied it to his game. Um, he had some issues with drops last year. Um false starts, that sort of thing. Hasn't really been an issue thus far. In fact, I think you can tell the growth in that third year. I think a lot of the, especially that 2020 class who did not have two off seasons. I right. think the off season has helped those guys. And then you mentioned Jawan Johnson. 
He has to perform. He did yesterday. Has to perform to me to make this team. And then I really like the kid, Lucas Kroll, because um, I just think he belongs. I think he knows where to be. I think he catches every ball thrown his way. If he can get better at the blocking aspect of the game, I think he's got a real shot at making this roster. Nick Vanette, very specific role, because if you watch him, especially the first couple of days, he can really run block, and I think mm-hmm. that's crucial to this roster. It really depends on how the numbers shake out. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not about what's just happening at tight end. It's other groups, other injuries. So that's a position group to watch because I think it's I, I think it's very fluid and the preseason is going to matter a lot there. Definitely. I think for consistency too with Adam Troutman, that's what we're seeing in camp. I think I don't I've maybe seen one drop mm-hmm. so far through mm-hmm. nine days. And that's making a big step from where he was last year. He looks more confident and comfortable in the role. As you mentioned, they haven't really had a true offseason yet. He has that now. Of course, it's only nine days in. But if I'm picking any position group that you could make on the Saints team that would maybe be the easiest given all the depth, it could be tight end. I think Lucas Kroll does have an opportunity to make this team. Number one, his size speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Has to work on his hands a little bit. It seems like he's not quite as where Troutman and Jawan Johnson are in that aspect. He's got some growth to do in that area. But if I'm looking at a room that – you could maybe have a sleeper pick in. It's the tight ends. Is Will Lutz going to be the biggest difference maker on the team this year? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not even close. I mean, how many games did they lose because they had their revolving door of kickers? Guys couldn't make basic extra points, basic field goals that, you know, Will Lutz probably makes with a blindfold on. Yeah, he makes a, a, a huge difference. And it's good to see him out there. I think he missed one field goal so far. Only one. That 57-yarder. Yeah. Short but then he, but then he lined up. Was about yeah, it. he went back yeah, and kicked yeah. again. That's and the best thing about it. I mean, that's not a chip shot. No. 57 yards coming off of an injury, injury like injury. that. Yeah. And he is just beside himself. I actually watched him walk off to the side. He goes back out there, kicks again. And, and makes it. That and makes time. it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, bringing that back, and I think the coaches have spoke about this over and over and over, just that you can relax with that position when you have Will Lutz healthy back there. He makes a two-game difference, I think. He does. Well, I don't know Sean agrees, look, look, at least look, a two-game difference. Just take everything that happened last year, and the only change you make is Will Lutz. Oh, yeah. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, they, not big of a difference. What do you think, 11-6 and six yeah, instead yeah, of 9-8? Yeah, and eight? It, it, They're the in titan, the playoffs. The yeah, maybe at, at, least a, yeah. at least one win, if not two. I mean, you're in the playoffs, and then you're in the tournament, and then you got a chance. Mm-hmm. So um, probably just from – tangible scoring standpoint he makes that much of a difference that kind of consistency that kind of trust uh and a guy like will lutz he's had a phenomenal camp because i thought they maybe ease him in a little bit uh, but he looks like he's getting all the reps that he would normally get in training camp and uh he's kicking phenomenal right now so mm-hmm. bring on up three yeah. and he was out in the rain kicking today yeah. too which i think just shows how confident he is in his body being 100 you slip and fall or anything mm-hmm. happens it could be dicey at that position on a wet surface, and the fact that he was out there confident and didn't miss anything today speaks speaks for itself. I think it's 19 to 20. I think yeah. that might be it. 19 of 20 in his training camp. I think you're right. That's pretty good. That's not bad. very good. Yeah, 95%. I think that's math checks out. And he's not just kicking short field goals <laughs> no, either. Absolutely no. not. He's getting some boomers there. Yeah, he's not he was six through. for six today with mm-hmm. the rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, defense, we have to talk about the defense. Demario Davis the other day talked about how he felt like this defense – who I think was ranked about fourth in the league last year, should be first this season. If you look at each position and the caliber of player you have at each position, are are we in agreement with 
Yeah, he said. What did they say? He said he want. They want it to be the best defense. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's the mission is to be the best defense. And what it just feels like every year since seventeen, since they made that run, since the the defense has just improved under Dennis. And then now uh, you have Chris and and Ryan in charge of the defense. I'm sure, Dennis is going to call the plays, but you having those guys, coaching co defense coordinators with those players and the additions of some of the uh, Tyron and Marcus, Alanti. You know, that defense is going to be pretty solid. I wonder about the next, the, the linebackers. Though. That's the one thing I wonder after Pete and DeMario. What do they do there? Unless they're just going to roll with two. And, but what if somebody goes down? Where where do they go next? Well, and the situation with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, right. too. I think that pen, it definitely plays a part in that. But for me, it's the defensive line. You're bringing in Peyton Turner, who essentially is just an added first-round pick. Add him to the list of guys after his injury last year. He's really stood out in camp and has been one of those guys that's, I think, They've called him Marcus Davenport 2.0. I think that's what David Onyemata said when describing him. So the pass rush there, we already know run defense, top five every year. If they can just get the pass rush where it needs to be. And, of course, that has to deal with health. They've been injured on that defensive line last season. And mm-hmm. if they can bring in a healthy Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport pending, if he can get in shape by the by the time season starts – and Peyton Turner, that's a dangerous room. Not to mention, to me, an underrated player of this camp has been Carl Granderson, right. who's played really well mm-hmm. uh, throughout this camp. But, you know, health questions surrounding Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner are legitimate questions because, you know, this is it's what they've done thus far. So all things being healthy, I think this is, this is a, an elite, uh, fantastic Saints defense, much like the ones we've seen over the last couple of seasons. I think one key that maybe not discussed yet that I think it's going to come into play when the regular season starts, you're not going to get it much in training camp, is how quickly the safeties are mm. able to develop the proper chemistry within this defense. Because if that takes some time, there could be some issues defensively. If that comes together quickly, I think you're talking about an elite defense right away. So I think that is probably the Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, how quickly that comes mm. together with each other, but also with the rest of the defense, because a lot goes through the safeties in these defense. In this defense, I think that is crucial to how far this defense can go. You so, hit that right on the head too. Remember Malcolm Jenkins? What was it, week mm-hmm. four? And we were like, "What's going on with right. the secondary?" And he's like, "Do you not realize all of the new faces? Exactly. We are still working mm-hmm. to build chemistry, yeah. and I think too communication on That's the field. It. How does That's that it. work when they're back there? And it took them, I think, at least through week five to finally kind of get some cohesion. Mm-hmm. So. As Sean mentioned, yeah. don't expect it to be perfect week one. But it, hopefully learning curve is quick there. Yes. Because, you know, you got to work through some stuff. Um, but Tyron is very, very, very high football IQ. And mm-hmm. Marcus May seems like the exact same type of player. Um, and, you know, P.J. Williams would start for a lot of teams. I think he's the most underrated player in this team. So the secondary, just, I mean, the, the ceiling is high, but the floor is high as well. So if you have to dip into your backups, they're still very, very good football players. Hey, Chris Richard talked to him after practice Friday, and he says, yeah, it's going to take a little time with the communication and developing the chemistry, but he says doesn't think it's going to take that long. Yes, he missed six practices, but he thinks it, it, it shouldn't take that long when you have a veteran like that. But I want to see what the communication and the chemistry looks like with May and Honey Badger out there. I, I do, you know, like Brooks said, it took four games when, that, when Malcolm said it. Does it take less than that? I mean, now he, you know, he's, he's in camp. You know, they get a chance to look, see some of the, the schemes. He gets a chance to work with the defense. He gets a chance to, to work with DeMario, and they, they set the defense up. How long, you know, does that chemistry take to build? 
you know, I'm sure everyone doesn't want it to take four games whenever mm-hmm. you, you bring in two new safeties. But realistically, you it may be a couple games. But at least they have the veterans back there and two solid guys that can play each position. They're interchangeable guys that can play free and, and strong. So they're in good shape. I, I, you know, that defensive line, we, we talk about the defensive back, that position being maybe the deepest defensive line. Mm-hmm. You can name every single – you mean mm-hmm. Tano, you know. Shy, you know, mm. some of the other guys. You said Carl. I mean, they're so deep along yeah. like, that's where it's gonna start, I think. And that's by design. I mean, yeah. that, that 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 ever since Jeff Ireland has been mm-hmm. here, the building through the line of scrimmage has been a theme. That's by design. And if that could come together health wise, then absolutely the front tying into the back, it yeah. could be scary good. But it still ha- you still have to go through the process and has to you have to get there. We can look at it on paper all we want, but I think once the season starts, we'll see just how quickly it all comes together. Health. And more impressive, yeah. too. These aren't guys who – this is not their first camp. These no. are guys who know the system no. and can plug in right away, which I think will show itself in the season if any of these guys do go down. This is guys' third, fourth year, and you typically don't have that in the NFL. You brought Peyton Turner's name up. God, the potential with him. Yeah. My yeah. God, when he's healthy, you just see it just how really – he, get he gets into that back for you like, man, health. You say the keyword is health. With him, get on the field. He gets on the field and, and he stays pretty much healthy. Whew, it's going to be scary. Well, health was an issue last year, especially on the offensive line. Speaking on the other side, mm-hmm. you mentioned the 2020 class with Cesar Ruiz mm-hmm. being one of those players. How much better has he looked this camp? I think he's looked much better. Um, I, I don't. I, I think that position, considering he's been a natural center his whole career, or at least a collegiate career. To not have two off seasons, I think really, I think it re- I think he really struggled mm-hmm. with that. Uh, to now have the off season, uh, the focus, uh, the one on one with the coaching, um, you're starting to see that come together uh, on the football field. To where he was a guy, you kind of looked at maybe was a weak link. Whereas if he has a good camp and a good preseason and a good regular season, maybe he's bringing himself up to the rest of the group there and could have a pretty good season up ahead. I think for him, too, it was just getting his confidence up when you're out and not able to work with Zach Streif and those guys like in person, getting mm. your hands on people and mm. the padded practices. We talked with Zach Streif on Friday about that. And he's like, look, the padded practices we had when Streif was playing, you had 14 and compared by this point compared to just four padded practices to what these guys have now. And for Caesar, he's the one thing when we talked to him, he said he was working on his hands. But again, mm-hmm. it just goes into I just want to play freely and not have to worry and be detailed in my head. And I think so far we've seen a little bit of that, that he is allowing himself to play more freely. But I think it's because of the people that are around him. I mean, there's real competition on the offensive line as well. We've seen Trevor Penning show himself a few times. In, Love me in, some Trevor Penning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's a fun group to watch and the fieriness and the competitive spirit in that room that they seem to be. It's a little more contained, I say, through day nine, but be interesting to see what they end up doing with Hurst and Penning. I just love the fact that they brought over Doug Marone. That, that's just mm-hmm. great for Caesar and Trevor, mm-hmm. some of the young guys' development. You know, to have a, a, a coach as knowledgeable as him and knows what he's doing along that offensive line, that's good. That's good for their future. That's good for their, their confidence. That's good to build what they need to build along that offensive line. And you could just tell talking to Caesar when he brings up Doug or even Jari Evans who's in the building helping. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you, who you need to learn from. The guys who know what, that, that have played it and who've done it before. So uh, that's, I think, one of the 
best acquisitions for the Saints this offseason is bringing in Doug Marone, to, you know, to get some of these young guys into shape. I mean, there are stars on every in every area, um, defense, offense, coaching staff. Definitely, it uh, looks like they're developing a lot of chemistry and continuing to improve each day that we see them out there. We have the first preseason game coming up against the Texans, and then we'll have the joint practice against the Packers. I think that mm-hmm. is when we'll really be able to tell how good this team is and, and how much they're starting to mesh. I mean, are you guys all going to be there? Uh, I'll be there in Houston. Okay. But, I mean, that's that's the biggest question mark, though, is how does this all fit and come together? We've been – obviously, it's all positive right now because the whistle hasn't blown. They haven't had that many padded practices. There's a lot of guys that aren't even full go yet. Like, we haven't even seen Michael Thomas Mm -hmm. in his – Full stride. I mean, he just was today. It was Friday the first seven on seven draw, I second, believe. Second, second, second. One. Mm-hmm. second. Yeah. So there's just there's question marks all around the roster, and I don't even think they're going to be answered by Green Bay. I mm-hmm. think that it's going to be at least through week one, week two, where we finally start to see just the how much they gel from here from here till probably week two. But then also the potential that this group has this year. I mean, I think. Easily, if they stay healthy and things come together, we're talking about the playoffs pretty quickly. I like those joint practices more than those preseason games. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would agree. I mean, look who you're going against in that mm-hmm. joint practice. It's Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get any better work than Aaron Rodgers, that defense, at least going against Hall of Fame quarterback. So that is probably going to be the best part of this entire off- this preseason is that, is that joint practice in terms of what they can gain, live reps, you know, keeping your cool. Let's gonna see what Trevor Penning does yeah. whenever he, he goes against somebody else's defensive line if he can keep his cool. But that's the thing I'm most excited to see when you go against a Hall of Fame quarterback in a preseason. I remember talking to Drew when they did the joint practices in LA against the Chargers a couple of years ago. He said he always preferred the joint practices because you can manipulate the situation. But in a preseason game, mm-hmm. you're not gonna get a two minute drill. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get uh, a no huddle type situation. There's, there's certain situations you're just probably not going to get in a preseason game. So yeah, I agree, uh, especially with you know the who knows how much work James is going to get during the preseason anyway. And I'm I'm not sure that I necessarily need to see him in the preseason. So I think those joint practices will certainly be uh, be something to watch. And that stretch, like you mentioned, from the Texans to the Packers, I think that's where the next kind of you need to see the evolution from, right. the, from that little stretch right there. That weekend. Week and a half, whatever it is, that I think that's a good sort of benchmark of where you are at that point. All right. Well, we'll definitely have to reevaluate things after that. I appreciate the time. Is is there anything else we haven't addressed? Do we need to talk about Sharif's hat selection <laughs> each day? Um, I'll go back to the umbrella hat. Please on bring the umbrella. Saturdays. Okay. I should have done it when it was raining Friday to test it out. I'll bring it back. Wait, we didn't address one other thing. What? Happy birthday. Thank Happy you. Birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. You should have started off with that. No. We went to end it on a high note. So, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to all of you. Thanks Thank for you. Having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much to all of them for joining us on the Saints podcast, sharing their intel, everything that they've been seeing out here at practice. We got a couple more practices here in New Orleans before our first preseason game on Saturday against the Texans. So stay tuned. We'll have another podcast on Wednesday and Friday. We'll preview that first preseason matchup. Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Summers. This is the New Orleans Saints podcast. <laughs>